Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're in the book of Mark, chapter 11, verses 19 through 26. Jesus and the disciples are finishing day two in Jerusalem. It's been a full day, as we saw last week. Jesus basically took over in the temple and disrupted all the business activities profiting off the people by dishonest gain, making quite a scene, overturning tables and driving people out. We pick up with them leaving that evening, and before they return the next day to Jerusalem, they came across a familiar fig tree, and Jesus teaches a lesson from it. The lesson can be somewhat confusing. It certainly was for the disciples at the time. So Pastor Jim will help us understand what Jesus was saying by the time we're done this week. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Israel, Figs, and Prayer. And in God's wonderful grace, I began to think of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. I got down to number four and I thought, you know, this is going to take a lot of patience. And I prayed right there, Lord, teach me to walk in your patience. There's nothing quite as spiritually uplifting as it requiring 20 minutes to get dressed, and usually a helper. That, that, that's teaching you patience. But you have a choice. You can choose to act patiently, or you can get all frazzled about it in which case you're miserable and everybody around you is miserable and you're just as bad off as you were, except you've wasted time. You understand that? You can make a choice to exercise the joy that belongs to you in the Lord Jesus Christ, or you can whine, complain, mope, and make yourself miserable. You have a choice in every relationship with every person you see every time, whether you will practice love or, or not. It's your momentary decision whether to practice self-control or not. Do you understand? People have a right to look at the tree that is you. Collectively look at the tree that is us and say, where's the fruit? Now, this is a, this is a strong passage. Very strong message about fruit and lack of it. About uh, uh, phony faith. But embedded right in the middle of this is this remarkably refreshing lesson on faith and prayer. So I want you to join me for a breath of fresh air. It's, it is in the midst of all the lingering smells and the settling dust from the outer court of the temple where Jesus has just cleaned things up. But I want us to move along in our text. So remember yesterday, the cursing of the fig tree. Today... Is your faith strong? We come to this other subject, this personal lesson from the miraculous death of that tree. It's next morning. Come with me to um, verses 20 and 21 again. We just saw them. But as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up and being reminded, Peter said to him, 
when they're all together, Peter's almost always the one who's flapping his jaws. Peter spoke on behalf of the twelve of them. Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And I can imagine Jesus saying that and grabbing the sleeve of Jesus's, or Peter saying that to Jesus and then grabbing the sleeve and saying, don't walk away this time. We want to know about this tree. They saw it wither in an instant. Nothing said. Now, like I said, it's not at first really obvious why you find this teaching on prayer at this point. It's right in the middle of apostasy and judgment. God is turning His back temporarily on Israel, and that's a big deal. So why do you stop for a lesson on faith and prayer? We're in the midst of unfolding prophecy. Uh, Later this night probably is when Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives and spoke the Olivet Discourse all about the things to come and and, and referencing the book of Daniel and His second coming and what's going to lead up to that and what's going to follow immediately after that. And, And we've already seen the Messianic stuff in the words spoken at the at the triumphal entry. Why now this lesson on prayer? Well, I suggest to you, it's for the benefit of the disciples. This and the Olivet Discourse and the stuff around the table was Jesus alone with the twelve. Everything else was very public. This is private. This is just for them. Now, obviously, it's for us too because it's recorded in the Scriptures. But remember that for about the, the year leading up to this, Jesus has been concentrating on training the twelve for the ministries that He's going to entrust to them after His death and resurrection and ascension. It's going to be profoundly different for them to carry on without Jesus present. Therein lies the reason for this lesson on prayer. And He's going to reinforce it that night after the Passover meal as well. You're probably familiar with the words of 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7, in the context of talking about us either being present in this body or absent from this body and, and present with the Lord. He says in 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7, Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Here's the key phrase. For we walk by faith, not by sight. If you will, the disciples had been able to walk by sight. They had Jesus in their sights. Uh, It didn't take a lot of faith. Well, it did take faith. I'm not saying they had no faith, but I'm saying they had Jesus present. For three plus years, they'd been with Him almost nonstop, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But soon He's going away. They needed to learn to trust Him in a totally different way. No longer could they just blurt out their questions while they're walking along. No longer could they have a lively discussion around the the meal of the day. They would no longer be able to watch Him do spectacular miracles. That's why Jesus inserts this lesson on faith and prayer at this point. As they walked along, they see the tree... It's withered. Peter speaks up, Lord, 
hey, see that tree? It, it withered. And I'm sure he's saying, what's up with that? Uh, come on, tell us, Jesus. You can imagine the, the twelve had probably talked about the tree after they saw it instantly wither. As I say, I, I picture the scene in my mind. Jesus says, no longer will anyone eat fruit from you. And the, and the tree goes, and suddenly it's completely brown and done. And, and I can just see Peter saying, well, Lord, what's the significance? Lord? Lord? As Jesus is walking away, it had to be baffling for them. They probably discussed it. Probably they figured out that in combination with clearing out the, the temple that they were connected, surely they must, have, they must have thought that, but what else? Now, they were familiar with prayer. Praying, praying as a matter of fact, several times a day, was, that was part of the normal, regular life of any devout Jew. Jesus had taught a lot about prayer during His ministry. Read a lot of it in the Sermon on the Mount and in several of His parables as well. But you've got to admit... Being in the presence of Jesus must have restrained the sense of urgency for their prayer lives during those times that they were with Him. But in a matter of days, they're going to go from having Jesus present all the time to not present at all. They need to learn to live like believers in all the generations to come would have to live by faith, not by sight. They're going to have to trust what God has given them. They're going to need to depend solely on prayer to access God's power to provide for their needs. So that's the connection we need to make. They had seen the tree wither. That was a demonstration of the power of God, the power of God in in judgment. They saw Jesus clear the temple. Like everything else he'd done, he did that by the power of the Holy Spirit who enabled him for all things. And surely they realized that if any one of them had tried to do what Jesus did in the temple, they would have been arrested. They probably would have been stoned. Jesus did it with such power, with such authority, nobody stopped him. They wanted to know how to display the kind of power that God wanted them to display. How do we access that? So I want you to look at the text, and then I'm going to start to show you the amazing and powerful lessons that you can draw from Jesus' words here. And I'm going to leave you hanging right in the middle of it, but you can pray, and we will pick it up next time. But Matthew eleven, twenty-two through 25, that's the main body of this section here. And Jesus answered, saying to them, okay, answered what? Answered right after Peter said, Rabbi, look, the tree withered. Now, I would expect in the words about to come out of Jesus' mouth, I would expect to hear words like leaves, branches, figs, something like that. But Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, 
be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.